This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. I made an argument the other day that uh, a friend of mine was having nothing of. (laughs) Uh, It's not the first time that this person has not understood these arguments. It was about the New York Times article, the attempted hit piece on Donald Trump and being a sexist and all the rest. And I was making the argument that there's there's a picture of Rowan, Rowan and Donald Trump back in 1990 or 91 or whatever. And my argument is that that picture of a super hot supermodel and a powerful looking Donald Trump at a dinner party, having a good time together is way more influential to the reader than the words on the paper. Hmm. I said, yeah, it's very similar to, you know, if you really want to know who won a debate, watch it on mute. Turn the sound off. We actually pick up a lot more by watching the debate than the words that are said. Now, I think one reason why people don't like this argument is because it undermines how smart we think we are. <laughs> and and now it is true. Part of this argument, or I should say it's mostly applicable to 95% of people in the country. Not so much you. But for most people, they're mostly influenced by body posture than the actual words and actual policies that are articulated. Okay, so now a lot of that stuff's kind of kind of out there. Um, maybe difficult to grasp or accept or whatever. So I thought, all right, I want, I want to take a half a step back here. And start from the beginning and kind of work our way there and see if this makes any difference in, um, in your thinking. So a couple things. First, most of the time, our brain is on autopilot. Most of the time. Have you ever driven to work in the morning and you pull into the parking lot and say, I don't remember any of that drive. I do how did I get here? I don't remember exiting the highway at all. You've done that before. That's your brain on autopilot. When you're folding clothes, you don't say, wait, how do I fold this shirt again? I don't, how does this work? I'm no, you just do it. You're on autopilot. And our brain actually tries to put as many things as possible into autopilot mode. And it turns out, uh, scientists have discovered that we spend about half of our day in autopilot mode. Okay. So, marketers play to this. They understand this. So, they make things that are easy to understand, easy to process. I think a really good word is they make things that are pleasing to the brain. 
things marketing needs to be pleasing. So what does that mean, pleasing? Uh, well, let's use an example with color. So good marketers are masters of color. So you got your primary colors, red, blue, yellow. Okay. And then your secondary colors and your tertiary colors. And they put them in a color wheel. You want to pair what they call complementary colors. So blue and orange are complementary colors. Red and green, purple and yellow. These are the pairs that are most pleasing to the eye. When you see blue and orange, your brain accepts it because they're scientifically and objectively pleasing. And there's been scientific studies on what colors we associate with different moods even. So when you're walking through a store and you see a tag that is yellow, that implies inexpensive cheapness. Red implies speed. Purple is fun. Um, black implies high quality. Blue means trust. So I could go on forever. The point is, there are truths and colors project mood and colors and coloring pairs are more pleasing than others because our brain is mostly on autopilot mode and a brain that's on autopilot mode is either letting in information or blocking it. And if it's not pleasing, it's blocked and we don't even know it. The only way to get through an autopiloted brain, which our brain is on most of the time, the only way to get through it is to have something that's pleasing. Okay. So on that point, marketing, by the way, not just about colors, but about visuals in many other ways as well. Visuals that are clean, crisp, clear, and pleasing. Go to Hillary Clinton's website. Let me see if it still is this way. Because we talked about this on my local show the other day. Let's see if it's still as bad as it was before. Yeah, same thing. Uh, so horribly awful. Right? Go to HillaryClinton.com. It's a mess. And you look at it. First of all, you don't know what it is. You don't know it's Hillary's website. I don't even see the word Hillary. Literally above the fold, it doesn't say the word Hillary one time. Not one time. I see the word Trump all over it. And we've talked before about the stupid motto that Hillary has, love Trump's hate, which is so awful in the marketing world. Love Trump's hate? You're putting the word love and Trump next to each other? Love Trump's? Love, you're putting love and Trump next to each other. That's horrible. That'd be like Pepsi having an ad that says love Coke. And it doesn't matter what word you put after that. You put love and Coke next to each other. And that's what she did. Love and Trump. And Hillary's not even on the website. It's a horrible, horrible website. And then go to Donald Trump's website. The difference is it's drastic. It's crisp, clean, simple, make America great again. It's got a picture of him giving the peace sign. Okay? Horrible marketing. So anyway, foundational truth number one. Our autopilot brain likes things that are pleasing. Okay. Foundational truth number two. We love stories. Humans are designed to be storytellers and story listeners. And our brain remembers stories better than anything. This is how our memories work. Our memory work literally things happen and we 
tell ourselves a story and then we insert it into our memory. That's how memories work. This is why um, the, the expression is, where were you when? And that's why we have such good memories, things like that. Where were you when JFK was shot? You're like, oh, I know exactly where I was. Where were you 9-11? Where were you the Challenger explosion? Where were you when? And you put a good news story in there too, right? Because there's a, the reason we remember these things is because there's a story that's associated with it. And we have a much more vivid memory of it because of that. We love stories. For Alzheimer's patients, there's an amazing documentary about this. If you play music for an Alzheimer's patient, a music, music from their childhood, they perk right back up and remember everything. Because music excites the portion of the brain that related to storytelling and memories. We love stories. Okay. So I think this is all simple so far, right? So let's combine foundational truth one and foundational truth number two. We love stories that are pleasing to a brain on autopilot. Now go with me here. We love stories that are pleasing to a brain on autopilot. Now, I want to combine these truths into something, but first let's talk about Trump. This is why I believe Trump will win in a landslide, because he is a master marketer who fundamentally understands the power of telling simple stories that are pleasing to the brain. That's marketing. Now, remember, old school, old school politics, it's about policy. New school Marketing. Politics now is about marketing. Who's the better marketer? And we know the power of marketing. When you, uh, or when you turn on the TV, Nike doesn't spend a minute telling you all the reasons why the material that they use in the soles of their shoe is better because they use different chemicals that make them more durable than what Reebok uses. They don't do that. They show you Kobe Bryant dunking a ball. Apple doesn't spend 60 seconds telling you the details and the, and the different mechanics and engineering of their new camera. They show someone taking a picture of their grandchild and seamlessly sending it to the rest of their family. Good marketers tell simple stories and they do it in a way that is pleasing to a brain that is on autopilot. What is Donald Trump's campaign if it is not one giant simple story? Vote Trump. Make America great again. What's Hillary's story? What's her slogan? What's her message? Who is she? What's her identity? No one knows. She doesn't know. That's the point. Trump knows. Now, I want to talk about sound. I want to play a clip here from one of my favorite TED Talks. This is Benjamin Zander, Z-A-N-D-E-R. Please watch the whole thing. It's so good. Um, You just Google Benjamin Zander TED. So he's talking about classical music. And his argument is, we're all classical music fans. And he says, you know, I'm I'm sick of hanging out with these classical music people who think that 3% of people like classical music. And if we can only get 4% of people to like classical music, then we'll be set forever. And Benjamin Zander is saying, no, everyone loves classical music. They just don't know it yet. So I want to play this clip right here. It's about two minutes just to prove that there is an objective. There, there are, there are objective, fundamental, pleasing things to our brain. 
objective, universal, fundamental, pleasing things to our brain. That's point number one. And point number two is the power of storytelling. Enjoy. So let's see what's really going on here. We have a B. This is a B. The next note is a C. And the job of the C is to make the B sad. And it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Composers know that. If they want sad music, they just play those two notes. But basically, it's just a B with four sads. (laughs) Now it goes down to A. And now to G. And then to F. So we have B, A, G, F. And if we have B, A, G, F, what do we expect next? Oh, that might have been a fluke. Let's try it again. Ooh, the Ted Choir. And you notice... You notice nobody is tone deaf. Is that right? Nobody is. You know, every village in Bangladesh and every uh, 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 hamlet in, in, in China, everybody knows. Da, 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 da. Everybody knows. Who's expecting that E? Now, Chopin didn't want to reach the E there because what will have happened? It'll be over, like Hamlet. You remember Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 3, he finds out that his uncle killed his father. You remember, he keeps on going up to his uncle and almost killing him. And then he backs away, and then he goes up to him again and almost kills him. And the critics, all of whom sitting in the back row there, they have to have an opinion. So they say, Hamlet is a procrastinator. (laughs) (laughs) Or they say, Hamlet has an Oedipus complex. No, otherwise the play would be over, stupid. That's why Shakespeare puts all that stuff in Hamlet, you know, Ophelia going mad and the play within the play and Yorick's skull and the gravediggers. That's in order to delay until Act 5 he can kill him. It's the same with the Chopin. He's just about to reach the E and he says, oops, better go back up and do it again. So he does it again. Now he gets excited. That's excitement. You don't have to worry about it. Now he gets to F sharp and finally he goes down to E. But it's the wrong chord. Because the chord he's looking for is this one. Right. And he said he does. Now we call that a deceptive cadence. Because it deceives us. I always tell my students, if you have a deceptive cadence, be sure to raise your eyebrows, then everybody will know. <laughs> All right. So he gets to E, but it's the wrong chord. Now he tries E again. That chord doesn't work. Now he tries E again. That chord doesn't work. Now he tries, tries E again. That doesn't work. And then finally, there was a gentleman in the front row who went, mm, like that. It was the same gesture he makes when he comes home after a long day, turns off the key in his car and says, ah, oh, I'm home. Because we all know where home is. Bum, 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 bum. Objective fundamental truth. Things that are pleasing to the human mind on autopilot. Bom, 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 bom. No, no, no. That's point one. Point two, the power of storytelling. With Shakespeare, with classical music, and with Donald Trump's political campaign. He is the master storyteller. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. 